Welcome to the podcast version of Let's Kill Twitter, the show that aims to detox your timeline with the art of conversation. Let's Kill Twitter is recorded live and on Zoom, and this week featured the comedians, actors and writers Samantha Baines and Michael Legg. This was possibly one of the more cuddlier and fluffier shows when it came to tweet selection that we'd had, and topics included knights riding ponies, gorilla knitters and yarn bombers. We hope you enjoy the show. Please follow us at LKTZoom. Hello and welcome. It's Sunday night, it's eight o'clock and you're watching Let's Kill Twitter with me, Julian Hall. This is the show that aims to detox your timeline with the art of conversation. That's no mean feat, you're quite right. Luckily, I never have to do that alone. Tonight, I've got two fantastic guests joining me, the comedians, Sam Baines and Michael Legg. And not joining me tonight is uh, Sajula Kershi, my co-host. Um, that she's not jump ship. Uh, she is gainfully employed elsewhere and a girl's got to eat. So mindful of that, let us press on. Um, just to remind you that we're now streaming live on YouTube, Facebook and Twitch. Please do give us a subscribe on YouTube. That makes all the difference. And of course, follow us on Twitter at LKTZoom. That's where you can exclusively uh, engage with the show tonight, asking questions, making comments, and uh, the rest of the time we'll be posting clips of shows, news of the next shows, and also retweeting the finest selection of tweets available on Twitter, and occasionally trying a few of our own, which don't get the recognition they deserve, but we're going to keep trying anyway. But without further ado, uh, let me bring our guests into the Zoom room. Well, please welcome the comedians, the writers and actors, Samantha Baines and Michael Legg. Hello, we're live. Hi. Hi, everyone. Hello. Thanks for joining Actor, us. I like that. Well, it mixes it up. You've, you've all got that on your, your CVs. Usually what sure. happens if I write, read out the whole CV, it is like years out of yeah. date. Uh, what, but you, what you left out was award winning because we're all, every last fucking one of us has won an award somewhere, so... Well, that's Split official. Award winning in? Was that not official like, in 2007 when the If Dot Comedies gave everyone uh, Spirit of the Fringe? I might what's, have been on that what's panel. Wasn't that long ago? Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah, 2008, I think. Oh, yeah, but you need that for your Twitter bio, award winning. You're not even a comedian if it doesn't say award winning in your Twitter yeah. bio. You're pretty much, you're not a member of the club, are you? So, mm. so it's great to have you guys here. Look, tell me what you've been, before we delve into the, the world of online, uh, what have you been up to uh, in real life? Samantha, kick us off. What have I been up to in real life? Um, I tried to dye my hair red. It looks exactly the same. Uh, that's my most recent happening. I have written a couple of books, mm-hmm. just children's okay. ones, so they're shorter than usual because um, adult book word count scare me. And uh, just been doing radio and have a podcast called The Divorce Social. Um, because I am divorced and I like to talk to other people who are also divorced or have had a breakup and it's not all doom and gloom, but sometimes it is a little bit doomy and gloomy. Hey, it goes to the territory, but it sounds pretty good, actually, I have to say. Um, well, do you know what? It's not award winning, but it's double award nominated. Hello. Nice. Hello. Course, That's a win, award. though, isn't it? If you get yeah. two... Exactly, it cancels out. That's a win. <laughs> it's just nominations. So, Michael, how are you in the new normal? 
Uh, what is the new normal? Uh, what stage I, of the new normal are we at? Because I like the old new normal, um, where you know we, you, you know, at least a lot of us um, stayed in and we didn't. This is how we communicated with people. You know, I really enjoyed this. I don't, I don't like the new new normal, which is perilously close to normal, and I don't want to go back to normal. I really. I don't want people to die through a pandemic, but I, I like... You know when people go, it's all a scam? I don't give a shit if it is a scam. Say it's a scam then. Say, oh, all right, it's a scam, but can we still stick to those rules of not going out and working? I don't so you're, are you, you're all up for the remote uh, remote way of life, are you? Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you felt post lockdown. Like, you know, when we were so used to talking to people on Zoom and after a while it got boring. So you just close your laptop. I, I don't know how many necks you've broken just with actual human beings just slamming their heads down. Well, oh, shit, I forgot. You can't really do that in real life yet. So dramatic. Of... I, I really wish I'd done that. But Sam, go <laughs> A lot of tea nose burns, sure. slamming people's sure. faces into their coffee. So, I don't know what the new normal is, but I'm, um, as I'm always a couple of steps behind, I think I'm I'm really into the old normal. But not normal. I'd, just the old normal. Are we old enough to remember the old normal? Yeah. I, I've kind of regretted that phraseology as soon as I said it. It's like, what does it, what does it really mean? It's got to be said. Um, but there you go. Now, what about what about life online? So I'm going to start in reverse. Now, Michael, is it true that if you mute the C bomb on Twitter, you just disappear? <laughs> I, I mean, I, who am I? <laughs> but I, 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 I felt that a few years ago when I had to um, I had to quit drinking for about six months, and um, because of uh, medication I was on, and and I thought, oh God, this is going to be a nightmare. And it turns out it was really easy. And I thought, well, I don't know who I am then. I mean, if if I'm not an alcoholic, who the fucker am I? It was quite disappointing to actually find out uh, that all my problems are, are are just me, and I I was blaming alcohol for years, but it turns out now it's just me. Divorce uh, is quite similar to that, right? I bet it. I bet <laughs> you it. You blame is. your ex for all the problems, and then they disappear because you break up with them, and you're like, oh, right. the yeah. problems are still here. Well, probably. Um, I mean, it's probably also as daunting, isn't it? Oh, my God, I'm going to have to give up this person. But secretly, you sort of want to, which is which is what it's like with booze. Yeah. And as you can or... see, I've done really well at it. <laughs> well, they're not, not so, so secretly. January. You at give them up. At least there's no uh, there's no branding on that glass that we can see, so that's okay. I don't even know if anyone cares about that kind of thing anymore, to be honest. Oh, there we I'm go. a classy Woo! guy. Do we, do we get? Do we get? Do I get? Uh, I don't know. Other beers are available. Is, this, is that enough to cover it? Or will you? Uh, yeah. No other beers are available here, mate. I'll tell you that. I've had a no. look around. It's literally all that's in my. Well, head. don't go to Michael's because he's got a very yeah. limited selection of, of bevies then. What yeah. about what about online? Uh, uh, sorry, I, I, I might like flunked that question a bit what about your life online how do we characterize you online or your characterize your love or or otherwise of twitter well, well here's the thing mate um i i even like i'd say in the in the last week someone online uh like you know due to a gig that i'm doing and they're advertising the gig they they will describe me as uh angry comedian michael egg or angry michael egg or angry man michael egg 
And it's like, have you fucking seen the internet? How <laughs> dare you call me? I'm I'm Captain fucking Chillout. How, I mean, you cannot compare my fury to anyone online. I'm, I'm basically, you know, a, a jazz bass player. Just right. cool, laid back, whatever. But um, now it turns out, no, I'm, it turns out I'm the angry one online. Well, not everyone else. It's, I just think it's just, uh, it's just a very precise use of what, of one particular word, but always seems, always makes me laugh. Now I have to say this week's selection is pretty damn cuddly. I have to say I don't think well, I've ever come across such a cuddly selection of tweets. I, I, I chose, I chose mine wisely with that in mind. Okay. Yeah, I Good. thought let's kill Twitter, but let's kill it with kindness. Kill it with kindness. Yeah, exactly. That's part of the brand. It basically turns into anything we want it to be. But this week, we're killing it with kindness. I mean, Sam, you, you were saying to me just before we started that you tend to sort of avoid the uh, the kind of cut and thrust of political Twitter. Um, must not be that easy sometimes to do. You must feel vaguely tempted to aid in occasionally. Yeah, it depends what it is. I mean, I call on social media, I call myself a joy facilitator, um, which is basically a downgrade from comedian. Um, and it's the sort of stakes that I like. It's like, I, I can make you smile, I don't have to make you laugh. And I'm a joy facilitator. So um, I'm very much in the cuddle zone of Twitter. I retweet cat pictures, like I'm sharing lovely joyful things I do get a little bit of my feminism creeps in and any great women's causes and a bit of divorce a little bit of divorce anger sometimes um but I try to avoid any tweets uh using the word Boris or um other members of his party family um because it just makes me too angry with the state of the world and I just don't want to I just don't want to be angry on social I don't want to be angry generally in life I was you know angry in a marriage for long enough so now I'm super chill and cuddly it's my vibe I mean Joy Facilitator does seem like the first staff that Joy Division had a band name and they thought no let's do something darker (laughs) but um yeah no that's fine it's in there in capitals is it you can't really uh you cannot really uh, argue with that that's Martin uh, super fan of the show, Martin. Uh, he says I'm too loud. No, Martin, I intend to be this loud. I mean, you have got uh, you have got my phone. It looks like a torpedo as well. It looks like it could do some serious damage at any point. I really hate it when comedians are too loud. <laughs> Especially those women ones. Oh, they're the worst. So loud. That's me cancelled. <laughs> yeah, good. Thanks, Mike. I mean, that's you know, Bye. short tweet. That's hey, short Julian, tweet. what are you like online? What am I? What am I like? Yeah. I mean, do, do people ask you questions in this thing? Uh, that is, no, they don't. I, find but I, I feel, feel more I kind of feel know. wanted. I feel wanted now. Do, well, of... do you know what I mean? Because I like I do a lot of comparing, and and generally when I'm comparing, you know, I'll go and go, hey, how's everybody doing? And no one goes, uh, do you know what, Michael? Well, I'm fine. How are you? Yeah. And I would I'm... like that. What? Just someone in the audience go, how are you, mate? That is true. And that so is the this is how comparing. I'm looking at you. You're, I'm looking at you as the compare of. Uh, let's kill Twitter. So, true, true, how, true. How are you I, online. What I mean, what am I like online? Oh, I'm glad someone's asked me that. Actually, I thought if any guest is going to turn the table, it's going to be you, Michael. Um, well, that's nice. I, it's a good, that's a good thing. I think doing having this account was an attempt to broaden uh, 
some sort of expression or explore things that I wouldn't necessarily want to explore on my own account. I don't necessarily consider my account to be a PR or a work account, but it, it's got to be so many different things. I mean, I, I, if I can tweet something funny, well, that's a big if, but if I do that, I try and do something once a day. Um, and it's usually much more sort of benign on my own sort of timeline. What's your big swear word if it's not cut? Oh, well, I just, I don't know. I'm just not, I, I haven't really, I, I live well, vicariously through other people's swear words, Michael. Maybe well, quite often yours, to be fair. But. Well, I try not you. to swear on, it's very difficult being a children's book writer and having been in Magic, Magic Mike and doing some of the filthy comedy I definitely used to do <laughs> now. I suppose, Samantha, the way, the, way I, the way I look at it, though, is, is it's like, do, do you remember um, when Twitter had half the amount of characters it has now? Yeah. And uh, people go, oh, my God, it's really hard to say what I want to say with these few characters. I realized really early, oh, well, do you know what? There's one way around that. And if you just whittle it down to one word, I think <laughs> it works for all things. I've already beaten Twitter. You know. Do either of you have an abiding memory of something that happens on Twitter or any other social media, to be, uh, to be fair, that um, sticks in the memory because it was a bit of a pylon or it went viral or, or anything like that? Have you got a kind of social media moment? And you may have more than one, of course. But Shall I turn my mic down now? I feel bad for Martin. You've been Mike Shane's. You've been Mike Shane's. Martin, I'm so sorry that you think I'm too loud. Yeah. Maybe that's better. Um, yeah, I have a, a memory. Well, it's quite recent, so I don't really need to remember it. But um, I, uh, when I got divorced, I then came out as bisexual on uh, social media. And obviously my friends and stuff knew, and I was dating women and men and people of no um, genders, non-binary people. But I felt a real, I was like, oh, should I put it on Twitter? Is it an overshare? And then I felt this real, like, I need to, I need to just say it out loud. I need to just, like, shout it into a box, even if no one listens, just so I've said it. And I feel like, there we go, full stop, it's out there. So I did a little, I made a nice photo of, of me in like a, a strawberry jumpsuit and I put a nice background, a rainbow background on it. And I just thought I'll stick it on Instagram and Twitter. And I thought I'll get a few likes. Maybe I'll be asked out by some people, Gray, in my DMs. Um, but on Twitter, it got like nine, ten thousand likes and it was picked up by some newspapers. And then I ended up writing an article about coming out later in life and that was quite a surprising one because I think as a comedian a lot of the time you're like oh this this thing I'm so pithy thing I'm saying is so good that I'm going to tweet it and immediately my phone is going to ping with notifications and everyone's going to be like this is the most witty thing anyone's ever said and that one gets two likes and then the time I tweeted that I was bisexual and also the time I tweeted a picture of my brand new puppy called Custard that also got like thousands of retweets so it's always the ones you don't expect i need to get a dog i totally yeah. need to get a dog and we see custard yeah wow are you can we find custard yeah she's down i had to lock her downstairs because she's recently oh, found her voice and i'm all for it. her kind of saying her piece but it's very loud i'm getting <laughs> a, slight, at the moon. a slight echo 
on your uh, microphone, actually, uh, Samantha. But just to say, I don't know quite why. I didn't notice it before, but... Well, so Samantha's got the echo in her microphone and me and you, with and no don't. headphones. It's and the odd. voice of thunder is apparently the quiet one. One thing I will say is I've never actually heard anyone say, please slip into my DMs. Normally it's like people tweeting, don't slip into my DMs. It's a very odd thing. I see that sometimes with people who are sort of uh, journalists who, who basically say, look, uh, I don't want DM messages about work. It's like, well, don't leave your DMs open. I don't know. It just seems a bit counterintuitive. Well, I love DMs. As long as they're not like unsolicited dick pics or weird nude photos. Um, if I've asked for those, fine, but not if they're unsolicited. Um, but no, I love people getting in touch. People send me like little reviews of my books when their children have read them and like nice. um, lovely things about uh, stuff I've done. So, and also ask me out. Someone listened to my podcast, The Divorce Social, listened to me moaning about my ex and then asked me out after it. Was so, it your ex? Sorry? Was it your ex? No. <laughs> oh, no. No, he that. was busy. That's a shame because I was just thinking of the rom-com movie. Yeah, no. Yeah. It would not have been a happy ending if he asked me back yeah. out. No, it was um, someone else who's listening. My ex is too busy filling out financial forms at the time, I'm sure, uh, to or, or to just pay attention to anything that I was doing. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, fun. DMs. DM me. So, Michael, what about you? What's uh, what's your sort of uh, memorable Twitter moment, or maybe something slipped into your DMs you want to share with us? <laughs> uh, no one ever slips into my DMs, oh. but I'll be honest with you. I know this is quite a controversial viewpoint, but I don't really see the problem with dick pics. I don't know why people get upset. I think they're really fun to draw. Um, <laughs> and if you if you haven't drawn a few, I really insist you do. You, you'll have a lot of fun. Anyway, I. Um, Here's here's my terrible um, fun memory of Twitter. Like I think it's probably the best time I've ever had on Twitter. I only tweeted a couple of things, but everyone was tweeting one night, and it was the night that Michael Jackson died. It's, it's terrible that a celebrity death made people so celebratory, but everyone was doing so many jokes, and it was so funny. And I was like, God, this is so, this is such, this is such a great forum for jokes. And then uh, I don't think we've ever had that forum quite as lively as we had that night. My favourite joke that night was uh, by uh, Jeremy Lim, who um, oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure I've chosen one you of have. his tweets. Absolutely have. And uh, uh, his his joke that night, <laughs> the night, Paul, uh, the night that uh, Michael Jackson died, was um, uh, tell Paul McCartney the girl is his. And I, I thought that was hilariously funny. Uh, there was loads of great tweets that night. My tweet, not so funny, which was sham off. Oh. Uh, just loads that? of paedophile jokes? No, you I don't think there was many paedophile jokes. It was mainly Michael Jackson yeah. jokes. You know, I'm sure whole... there were paedophile jokes to be yeah. fair. <laughs> I was going to say, there's a big I old court case. I that wouldn't have gone unnoticed. I didn't join Twitter till 2009. I'm pretty sure that I didn't join Twitter till after, after that happened. I know. I know I've just no. had my 12-year Twitterversary. Yeah. yeah. I, I had balloons and everything. Wow. 
I don't really Twitter. remember a yeah. time before Twitter. Or or before the new normal, by the sounds of it. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, slightly. I mean, there are things like um there there are definitely moments, I can understand why that was a big one, uh, where it is just like uh it goes completely crazy and, and sometimes for totally different reasons. I remember being at the Edinburgh Festival when the riots in London were going on and it was a bit weird on Twitter. Uh and it was really weird because they were not far from my house and they got very close. Uh, so I was watching it sort of real time via Twitter and those kind of things stay with you. And then obviously, you know, lately, obviously the Boris, the whole Boris sort of Fandango is one of those moments, although it's been spread across so many party moments now. But, I did get trolled know. as well for having tinnitus and being um, ambassador of the, I was ambassador. So I have a hearing aid and two types of tinnitus and I'm ambassador for RNID and I was ambassador for the British Tinnitus Association. Um, and I got, yeah, trolled for having tinnitus and being a comedian because they said that I was going to make fun of tinnitus. But I was like, but I have it. I'm trying to help. Wow. Even and before then, you've d- done any material on it or whatever. Well, I did a joke on Sky News, um, which was the lamest joke of all time. Like, I imagined it was the most non-offensive joke, which is I have two types of tinnitus because it was buy one, get one free and I love a bargain like that's like children can hear that joke and surely no one can be offended and everyone was very angry well not everyone but a group of people in the tinnitus community were very very angry oh gosh well i say i um pring olaf lapel when he won dave joker for fringe with the uh florette's joke so hmm fun but uh anyway martin uh regular viewers said tinnitus tinnitus sufferers represent which is well, that's why he knew my mic was too loud. I'm sorry if it brought on your tinnitus, Martin. I also have tinnitus, uh, but not. But I don't have two types. But there you go. Well, at least Come as far on. as I know, I don't know. I'm very well, competitive. I've got so many ailments, and tinnitus isn't one of them. I feel really left out. Collect the set. I mean, between us, I reckon yeah. we could rack up quite a good list. Oh, yeah. I've got everything else. Don't you worry about that. Oh. For the rest of this chat, I could just do sort of a high-pitched whine. Um, for you to feel left oh, in. Oh, that's if you my job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. but it's already your voice, Sam. <laughs> let's get into it then. Uh, let's get into those cuddly tweets. I don't want to miss any of them out. Now, I'm wondering where to start, where to start, where to start. Uh, well, oh, where might... to start. Let's go for... Well, listen, actually, there's only one mention of Boris tonight, so let's start with uh, Paul Litchfield's tweets. Uh, which, uh, Michael, you chose. So if you could read that one out and then we can get yeah. into it. Do you know what? I, I, I forgot I chose that. I, I'll be honest with you, I've forgotten all of the ones I've chosen. Um, but this is here. Paul Litchfield, who is a brilliant comedian in a sketch group called The Trap. Also, he does things on his own. He doesn't need them. He's a very funny man on his own. Uh, but it, this, uh, once again, this is. I, th- I think this is quite typical of... Um, of the great man, uh, Paul Litchfield. Boris spent 25 minutes outside working, giving him enough time to listen to the end by the doors twice, with just over a minute spare to ask who the hell put it on twice. Uh, that, to me, is... Um, uh, oh, I just saw a tweet come up. Yeah, Mr. Litchfield is a Twitter legend. He is a Twitter legend. And... Um, what he's done there is be, he's been funny. And um, 
Oh, tell us about that, Michael. Do you do you see that that often when it comes to? And I'm guilty of uh, being a ranty, angry person online. So I'm I'm under the equation already. But it's really rare that um, I'm going to say it, comedians say something about a political thing that's going on, and it's funny. You go, oh yeah, that's that's what you do. Paul's Paul's done that here. Yeah, it's weird though because I thought that Boris's problem was with was with curtains rather than doors. But yeah, it's fine. Um, there was a deluge of Boris jokes though, Mike. So how do you feel as a comedian um, when you are? So we had Tiernan Duyeb on here uh, last year, I think it was, and he was saying that Clang. I don't know who he was quoting, but he was basically saying that the best jokes on Twitter always come a couple of days later when people have actually had time to really think of it. Whereas the knee-jerk ones, some of which admittedly are very good. Mm. Oh, everyone is falling over themselves. So competitive to want to do that. And then we get involved in it on this account as well, because we just, you know, you can't really resist. You want that sort of dopamine hit. I think the worst thing about it is you just realise how, um, how, like, everyone's making that joke. If you think it's just comedians making the same joke, you're wrong. It's... It's everyone. Everyone's made that joke. And then you go, oh, shit. It's like when you reply to a Twitter thread with something you think is really funny. And then you actually look at the rest of the Twitter thread and everyone else has said the same thing. I mean, I've definitely done it. I can't think of an example. But then again, my my mind is dusty. uh, So, you know, I can't think most of the time. But but I've definitely gone, ho, ho, ho. I've come up with a good one. Send. And then as soon as I press send, I'm like, was that really obvious? So I search it, and like fifty people have done it, and I've gone, I'm, I'm a pathetic hack. <laughs> it's pathetic. Well, oh. this is why I don't get involved in these things on Twitter because it is like a race to come up. Like someone dies, yeah. you know, someone um, does something awful, you know, Matt Hancock snogs a woman, does it really badly. It is like oh, everyone's like, go, go, there. go. <laughs> We need, like, it would be good, actually, if we had, like, comedians' Twitter notifications where we could all be told first that something's happened so we get a little yeah. bit of time to prepare um, or, a joke. Yeah. Or, like, when something happens, all comedians' accounts are blocked, so you're not allowed on yes. there for maybe about four days. Go, no. What did we the say? The best joke. Don't think <laughs> of the gut joke. Think of the best joke. Yeah, but surely the whole thing with Twitter is it's so immediate. So I think, oh, I'll think of something good for that. And then I get distracted because I'm looking at a video of a dog yeah. in leaves. And I'm like, so. oh, that's nice. And I forget. But you could have like a Radio 4 version of Twitter where, yeah, oh, brilliant. You come up with that joke way later than everyone else. <laughs> did. So, you know, if if Radio 4 and Twitter could get together. Oh, God, I've just made myself feel sick. <laughs> Well, isn't that what the, like, quizzes are when it comes to the end of the news year and then we look back at all the news from the year because then you can go back and reuse all the jokes that you wrote? Yeah. Not that I wrote any, so no one employed me to do one of those shows. Oh, I wrote loads and no one employed me. (laughs) So well done you for cutting out the middleman. It's such, it's, it's such a breath of fresh air, uh, Samantha. It's like uh, slip into my DMs, but don't employ me. It's like you know, it's totally the other way around. No, just don't. I want to be employed for some things, just yeah. not all the things. 
Not all the things. Oh, okay, not all the things. Uh, actually, it's uh, it's your turn on the Twitter wheel, so let's uh, let's have a look. Where? Sh- oh my goodness! Right, hang on. Go to one of my stunning, well, <laughs> really I important. Mean, oh, let's go to yeah. yeah. Let's go to women's art. Uh, yeah, if you could read that one out and uh, find out what's going on. This is women's art account. It's at women's art one. If you want to follow it, and I follow it because they tweet about amazing female artists that I didn't know about. And I can discover new artwork. And I like looking at nice things. Um, UK, 104-year-old Grace Brett was a member of a band of guerrilla knitters and was thought to be the oldest street artist slash yarn bomber in the world. Hashtag unraveling women's art. And then there are two pictures, one of presumably Grace, the artist herself, next to a, now I think it's, a tree cover that goes over a tree but also looks like a tree that's been made out of wool so it's like green with branches and flowers on it and something hanging off which looks a little bit like an ice cream sundae and then another picture of a telephone box cover over the top of a telephone box that has lots of pretty colors and it says telephone at the top and let me tell you i'm a very avid knitter which is why i really like this tweet um let me tell you it's very hard to knit words into a knitting pattern because it can so easily go wrong so i'm very impressed with the telephone that is on the telephone box cover and also i just love gorilla knitters during lockdown also, yarn bomber is an excellent phrase. Gorilla knitters during lockdown, like covering things randomly with knitting. I live in Kent, so there's a lot of it around here. Was amazing. Like it cheered me up when we couldn't go anywhere, but we could only go for a walk. I love to see a bit of wool saggy in the rain, trying to cheer up my day and think of the person who'd sat there like knitting that little fake flower or something. I love it. Yarn bombers. I mean, that is new to me. I've got to say, that is a new one. Yeah, Banksy gets all the attention, but actually, Grace Brett, she's the woman who should be getting all the attention. And she's put the work in. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to spray stencils, isn't it? Knitting takes ages. She sat on that phone box and knitted that whole thing. (laughs) She sat on the top of it. Yeah. (laughs) One leg over each side. Poor Grace. 104, be, she's doing well. It'd be amazing to find out that she is Banksy, though. She well, would be, that would be something. So get, get in touch, obviously. About <laughs> to have a Twitter account, clearly. Do you think it's more? It's harder to write the words telephone in wool than it is to write the Declaration of Independence on a grain of rice? I don't know. I think that's... No. I think okay. the rice is harder. Okay. Grace would need a little magnifying glass. I mean, to be fair, oh, I'd yeah. need a magnifying She'd glass. She'd need a readers, wouldn't she? Yes, yeah, she would. But um, I love her, Grace. I love you. I think this is such a cheery tweet. I'm glad we've still got phone boxes that, that she can do that with, really. So, and I think I generally like vandalism. I don't know about you. I think it's such a, an innocent way to annoy people. It's true. It's also, if she'd done the inside as well, and like you know, years ago, she'd have done the inside of the box. She could have actually uh, knitted gentleman caller cards as well, just to give it an authentic feel. But sexy. sexy. Also, I mean. I am seeing a slight problem here in that the telephone box looks completely covered in wool, as in, where's the door? Don't think you can open it anymore. Mm. Um, 
which would definitely annoy people. But does anyone actually go in telephone boxes apart from to escape from creepy men in the street? Uh, well, I mean, I, I, I was thinking that maybe if she, you know, uh, knitted some um, piss for the floor as well. Nice. Because yeah. so, that is the reason we still have these great British institutions. So we, we don't have puppets in urinate. Yeah. yeah. That is a problem. Yeah. And that's what's two for, two for one on that one, for sure. And well done, Grace. Thank you very much for that. Thanks for choosing that. Let's. Uh, why? Let's go. Let's have a look. I'm definitely keeping that one till last. Uh, here is one that well we mentioned Jeremy Lim before so let's let's use Jeremy's tweet. Let's I don't remember choosing this. <laughs> oh, that's not. What and helps. I actually do, I don't think I get it. <laughs> I don't get it, so I was do, waiting for you, you to explain yeah. it. Okay, do, do you get it, Julian? When I first saw White Sands, I was No, I don't. Oh. I don't think I get it. And and here's the thing. Unfortunately, Jeremy's so smart right. that he constantly, I think makes me most things make me feel like an idiot but i think he's he's particularly good at making me feel stupid and i, I um and i've liked his tweet i put i press the heart button yeah because i don't want him to think that i don't get it and oh, i don't well, get peer it pressure but no, and the thing <laughs> is it I, it's not even up for question whether this is funny or not it is <laughs> i just don't get it so, okay, so White Snake are a band. Yeah, Did you know that? A, band. a yeah. rock band. They were a speckled band. Yeah, Martin. Rock and speckled. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy getting to, Jeremy Lim getting touch. I mean, what can we say? <laughs> no, uh, no, yeah. no. I don't ever want him to because oh, really? I mean, explaining a joke is one of the most criminal acts you can do. It's horrendous. Yeah, I, I mean, true. does that not happen to you on Twitter? Sometimes you you tweet a joke and someone goes, "I don't get it," and goes, "Well, it's fine. Don't worry about it. You don't have to get it. It's fine." But explaining it, we're gonna have to. Yeah, we're gonna have to go to the Barry Cryer line about the the frog being dissected, aren't we? I would like to understand it though. I've googled speckled band meaning. Right. And it says, quickly lighting a candle, he discovers on the bell cord the speckled band, a venomous snake. <laughs> This is like Alexa is just brilliant. pulling up, pulling up what, the what adventure like that is, of the speckled band. Baffling. <laughs> is the be... speckled band a real snake? These are what other people ask. Why is it called the speckled band? What does the snake symbolise in the speckled band? What is the crime in the speckled band? What is it? Speckled band is a sexual oh, band. Oh, fuck off, Neil. Stop explaining things. <laughs> We're not, this is like if we ju- don't know the answer, we're not meant this, to know the answer. This is a bit, I don't know if this is like the joke version of an NFT or something like that, but I don't know. I just thought I'd throw okay, that in Okay, so, I mean, the thing is, I sort of vaguely at the back of my mind knew it was Sherlock Holmes, but I couldn't put a finger uh, on why I knew that. Shut that- up, Martin, stop explaining it. <laughs> and also, if you're going to explain it, explain it fully. We still don't get it. So it's uh, a Sherlock Holmes story, yeah. The Speckled Band. But yes. how does the rock band link in? That's what we still don't understand. But it, it does feel very intelligent. It feels above us. Right. Um, so he, I, I look really smart because I chose this. Yeah. So, yeah. so I've yeah. won. I mean, there should be some kind of prize, really, I think. I have to Thank say. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Let's, let's see if there's a... Um, right, actually, uh, Samantha, we're going to do something slightly... Yeah, a bit more serious, really. I think our main serious... Uh, 
tweet uh, today. And we obviously we've been talking about tinnitus uh, before. Uh, go go ahead. Let's, uh, read B's tweet. Yes. Yeah, so this is from B Webster. She says it is not in capitals. It is not despite her deafness in quotations it is despite the many barriers societies have placed on her as a deaf person in quotation marks language matters deafness is never the issue ableism is and I like this tweet because I am part of the deaf community I wear a hearing aid I uh, rely on lip reading and um, it very much stresses we were talking about introductions earlier and uh, the fact that you didn't do a long list of all my accolades julian makes me very upset um people can see it on the website though (laughs) no i'm joking but what a lot of people do in an introduction for me is say despite being deaf or despite wearing a hearing aid she's still been employed by people essentially um or or you know says that i've done stuff even though i'm deaf and um i don't see my deafness as as holding me back or or stopping me from doing anything and that's why i completely agree with b's tweet it's actually um and i know a lot of disabled people who i follow on social media and stuff talk about this it's actually the barriers placed by society as she says so you know the fact that i might not be able to um understand everything that's being said in the cinema because you know, maybe the shot isn't on a character while they're talking, so I can't lip read at the same time and I can't hear because there's background noise. The reason I can't enjoy that film is because there aren't as many subtitled cinema screenings as there are non-subtitled cinema screenings, for example. So it's always about accessibility and, you know, we're all doing the best we can (laughs) with what we're given, but wouldn't it be great if we could try and make everything as accessible as we can? And, and I know it's a kind of new, lots of people are are waking up to this. And Mm. and a lot of that is because of Rose on Strictly, um, Rose Ailing Ellis, who uh, won Strictly Come Dancing and is deaf and, did a lot for kind of the deaf community and spoke out a lot on that show which is brilliant you know primetime bbc one whether you like sequins and dancing or not you will have seen the stories kind of so people are becoming more aware and it might be something that people you know never thought about before deafness or visual impairment or whatever it is um but i do think if there's anything that we can put in place to make things a bit easier and also we need to ask disabled communities how they want to be described and how they want to be spoken about you know I don't want someone to say despite her deafness about me I want to say and she's deaf yay Um, and you know there's like hearing impairment a lot of people might write that about me in an interview someone wrote that as an introduction in an article Uh, about me and I don't like that impairment word either because again it's like oh there's something wrong with her or something's holding her back and actually that's why I write my children's books uh, who uh, they have deaf protagonists and the their hearing aids don't hold them back they're actually you know in Harriet versus the galaxy her hearing aid translates alien languages how cool is that and then she protects the earth from aliens so it's like an extra cool skill and I think um, Mm. that would be 
I wish when I found out I needed a hearing aid, I wish that I'd seen things like that that made deafness a positive or made hearing aids a cool, fun thing and not like an impairment. And you can still do things despite having a hearing mm. aid. Um, so, yeah, I just really liked this tweet because I can relate to it and I think it's an important message to get out there. Can I just ask if... Um, rant over. No, not, not particularly ranty <laughs> at all because I can see how... Um, uh, what's the word uh, uh, condescending it could be um, to be introduced that way and, and what have you is there still a part of you that wants uh, and also like the superpower uh, element that you mentioned in the story because that applies to uh, other conditions as well that people now seeing them as you know autism for example and uh, you know that kind of but is there a part of you that still wants to be recognized for having overcome a disability or is that just uh, I suppose if you say at the end and she's deaf it's a bit of a flourish but but is there is there still part of you that needs to be recognized for no because again I think the word overcome is like you've had to get over it yeah, not it's not something using it but yeah. yeah it's not something to get over it's kind of something that's part of, it's like you know well, it's not really like anything, but, you know, there are so many things that we don't define people by um, and ability or disability or uh, conditions or what, you know, whatever people feel comfortable calling them. My deafness. I don't want to be defined by my deafness, mm. but I'm very happy to say I'm deaf and other people won't feel as comfortable with that. You know, just like me tweeting that I'm bisexual. But other people won't feel as comfortable as that. But I'm not just a deaf bisexual woman who's been divorced. Although, how snazzy is that for a dating well, that's, app buyer? That's quite good intro um, as well. I could have done that for the intro. She yeah, I think, <laughs> I think we just need to see people as multifaceted human beings with lots of things going on. Um, I don't think I've overcome anything um, in my deafness. But I'm definitely trying to you know, use the little profile I have to maybe make life a little bit easier for other people who might be deaf or um, suddenly get told they need a hearing aid. And, you know, because when I, I remember when I went to the audiologist, it was a complete shock that they said, you know, we'd recommend you use a hearing aid. Um, and then they gave me all these leaflets with like grey haired people on them. Um, and they all looked like, you know, they sucked boiled sweets and spoke Latin. And I was like, that's not me like to do that at the same time I can tell you well (laughs) I don't know my gran would have given it a run for her money um but yeah so I I just think kind of there are so many cool young deaf people and we don't see them or hear about them no pun intended um and so that's why it's so brilliant to see Rose on Strictly and you know that's why it's brilliant if you follow me on Twitter because I'm cool and a little bit young and uh, a little bit young so what was it joy what was it what's it joy joy facilitator and a little bit young and a little bit young uh, divorced well, Mike, and a little bit young absolutely uh michael you, let's go on to one of your uh picks can, can i just point, oh yes if that's can just say something that yeah, um totally uh when when i was growing up one of my very best friends uh was deaf and i mean he's, st- he's still deaf um, but I, I haven't seen him in like six years, but uh, we're very, very, very good friends. 
and I'm um, I'm a really uh, big fan of um, the first three, arguably four albums by the band Marillion, and I, I think you'll agree I'm a really cool guy, right? <laughs> so, um, with that in mind. People often say, how the fuck did you get into Marillion? And the truth is, um, um, my deaf friend introduced me to Marillion. So I was recommended to the band Marillion by um, a, a profoundly deaf person. In fact, he introduced me to loads of bands. He was very much, uh, we went to loads of gigs together. We went to festivals together. He was a really, it turns out, a really, really, really... Uh, as far as I'm concerned, uh, an important musical expert in my life. Uh, but I, it's it's hard to make other people understand that when you say, yeah, I got into Marillion because of a deaf guy. Yeah, no, it's uh, unusual. It's Yeah. What, what was what was the pro their post? How does that work musically? I did, when... I, well, well, he, he, he liked music... Um, uh, Firstly, I mean, visually, I mean, he liked the striking images of music videos and, you know, and, uh, and, you know, you know, heightened pop personas like, I mean, he was really into Adamant in the early 80s. So and you can sort of see why, I mean, handsome as fuck, you know, it was pretty wild. Uh, but the music, but then, but, you know, he bought the albums and held speakers while playing them at full volume so there was a vibration throughout his body that went with the rhythm of the music it was really i mean it's absolutely incredible. phenomenally interesting really incredible. there's a there's a film called coda yeah. and name drop i interviewed the cast and the director for apple um because they made the film um so i am slightly biased because i was employed to do that but there is a great moment in the film uh where the dad of the family um they're a profoundly deaf family and there's one hearing daughter and he turns up at school to pick her up and he's playing really loud like i think it's like hip-hop or rap music and it's like booming out of the car and uh, she's embarrassed because all of the hearing people at her school can hear him playing and then um, she gets in the car and she signs to him like what are you doing turn it down and he's like i like the vibrations they make my balls shake <laughs> in the car think, which is I a brilliant moment but yeah it's all about vibration i think that's what martin was saying when he said have you heard marillion i think yeah. what he was really saying is my balls have shaken a lot this <laughs> yeah. week here's an album my balls shake yeah check it out oh yeah. check it out i tell you there's no greater compliment is there so <laughs> let's have a look uh yeah we're back to you but right let's, this needs explaining this feels like a this might be slightly an in an in thing, Michael. I'm, I'm not sure what's going on here. See, I don't get it. It's one of those clever comedians' jokes. I just don't get these <laughs> jokes by these incredibly clever comedians. This one uh, is by me. I thought I'd I'd, I'd... I'm generally the, the funniest guy on Twitter, so I'm going to choose me. Um, it's me saying I feel sorry for Ben Walker, the producer. Um, having yeah. to uh, go back to unbleep all those Rahalistopas. Because, I don't know if you know this, uh, there's a bunch of Richard Herring Lesser Square Theatre podcasts where Richard Herring, I don't know what he says because it's bleeped out, but he's saying a lot of stuff about Prince Andrew. 
and I don't know if you know about this, but Prince Andrew's terrible. Um, oh my God. His mum has said so now, so we can say it. He's oh, wow. a bad guy. He really likes so, pizza. Uh, I, I think that's one of those things that all those years ago, when, you know, the the, the domino effect of, of committing terrible, you know, acts uh, amongst amongst so many people that are hurt, the, you know, the, uh, the the woman herself, but all, Ben Walker didn't need to get involved in this. And I don't think Prince Andrew thought about Ben Walker. I'm going to, yeah, I mean, this is a good, good ad to go back to all those Richard Herring podcasts. I mean, when he said he's done terrible things, I thought you were talking about Richard Herring for a minute. Not kidding, Richard, I want you on the show. I'm kidding. I am totally kidding. Goodness me. Um, also, I don't know why they were bleeped out in a podcast, because you can just edit it. You could just edit it out. Oh, that's true. Instead of bleeping everything. No, I mean, I don't mean that on your, for your tweet. I just mean, no, I... as a podcast producer, I would assume he'd have edited it out rather than bleeping it. Because then everyone's going to be like, what have you bleeped out? The yeah, I, I, actually, it's a really good point, because it could have been just some of Richard's jokes. And he went, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get rid of those fucking duds. So who or knows? Swear words. Yeah. So was this your first first tweet out of the block when you heard um, that uh, Prince Andrew had been detitled? Oh, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so at all. I can't really remember what I what any tweets I did, but uh, I, 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 I doubt that one. was the first one. I think I should I should have chosen one of yours. I, I definitely there was definitely one out of the blocks. Right now, speaking of, about blocks or at least horses that need to be on blocks. This is mind-blowing. I mean, it's like King King Harfer, this should be called. Right, Sam, what's going on? I mean, I've never been on QI, but I blimmin' love the QI Twitter account because I love facts, as anyone who came to see my first couple of uh, shows in Edinburgh will know. Really into facts and learning things and science. So I love all these facts, and they just make me laugh all the time. And I just want to sit down and write jokes around all the facts. I'm quite interesting. Um, But this is a tweet that says, The steeds of knights were not massive, powerful horses. Knights actually rode horses the size of modern ponies. And then there's a picture of a very cute tiny pony with tiny legs. Looks like the sausage dog of horses and I just love the idea like I just want it to be a film or some sort of game show where people dress up as knights on tiny ponies with like their feet sticking out at the end and like do some sort of activity or there's some sort of racing like let's stop racing greyhounds let's race knights on tiny little ponies with their feet and all the clanging of the of the armor like I just love the image and I, w- I need it to be in my life in some way. I mean, we talk about revising history and, uh, and claiming back stuff. But I mean, that does mean there's a whole canon of, uh, I mean, you know, the three musketeers are never going to look the same again, essentially, are they? And their little ponies. Like, we're off to save everything. <laughs> Go musketeers. That's what they do, don't they? That's their chant. Um, it'd be all right for the cartoon, though. It'd be all right for Dog Tanyan, but it's, you know, not good enough for Michael York, is it? Well, is it see, it's, but it very much fits in with Don Quixote, doesn't it? Ah. Come on. Tell, That's tell right. Well more. read. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> 10 points. I would like to be did points, but yeah, 10 points to Michael. I was thinking also of like superheroes like the Green Knight. 
you could have on a little pony like there's so there's just so many places you could go with it and it it brings me joy and you know what i'm a joy facilitator i I don't know samantha if you saw any of the replies to this uh tweet oh right okay oh uh do you know what i'll never find but one explained it and it was tedious it was like (laughs) oh shut up don't ruin oh, the surely, fun. Is it this one? Oh, wow. Well, you must understand, people were smaller back then. It's like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> it's important to know that these ponies were five feet at shoulder or about 15 hands high. Arabian horses are the same size. Uh, that's from Wobbly Trees. It's not yeah, these these people that, are ruining it. It's yeah. not important to note that. It's really dull to note that. Uh, there's a there's a few now. I, I think, it's a, I'll tell you something. If you muted the phrase "I think you'll find" on Twitter, then spiritually, oh, yeah. so many tweets would go. <laughs> oh, It'll be like word. a black hole will open. Oh, black. Well, maybe. Wow. Yeah, they've ruined it. Never read the comments on articles or fun tweets. Mm. I think we should go double pony on this, uh, Sam, because we've got a, we've well... got a bit of a related. Uh, Tweet, I mean, this is very silly, but it made me laugh out loud. Um, quite interesting. Again, okay, January the 14th was the feast of the arse in the medieval Christian calendar, a day when all biblical donkeys were celebrated. Now, and I've written, it's not what you first think, because the feast of the arse is like, I swear a man on Tinder, like early, early doors, <laughs> said that this was his favourite festival to me. Like, I was like, hi, how are you? And he was like, I'm really into feasting on arse. Um, but I love that this is actually just about donkeys. But also, why is it a feast? Do they eat the donkey? Like, I have so many questions like this. Do they eat the donkeys? Do they feed the do- Is it like a donkey buffet? And to celebrate the donkeys, they feed them a lot. Or do they just eat other things to celebrate donkeys and I why would, is it christian because mary was on a donkey too, i wouldn't look into it too much <laughs> just in case it is close to what that guy on tinder was sure. into yeah you know it'd be very upsetting to um yeah let's just see if we've, there's no uh, i can't see any i think there's, you'll find uh there's no there. description but i'm so i just i want to go back you know when people are like oh if you could go back in time what time would you go to I would go to January the 14th and the Feast of the Arse to see what was actually going down. Um, I'm just so interested by everything to do with this tweet. The Feast of the Arse. Wow. I don't know. I've only ever been to the the tail end of that. Sorry, that just came to me. Um, I think we should have another. Right now. Well, we can't. I can't not have the mighty quantic. here so let's get david's tweet and then we're definitely doing your comedian's whatsapp tweet. uh right yes david quantic tweet if you want to read that out um obviously david quantic and eminent eminence grease of comedy writing i think i think i like this one because um it i i, I relate to it far too much it's david quantic saying just try to tell the time by looking at a receipt and unfortunately like i do that sort of thing far too often do you ever go you know if you're getting on the tube do you ever get you know before you get get to the turnstiles do you ever get your keys out yeah i've done that yeah 
I've also tried to open my front door with like a train with a card. Yeah, I've done that. I've done that. It's just so I have not. Why do we find the simplest things complicated and confusing? And well, do you you know what I thought when I read this? (laughs) I thought (laughs) I think you'll find. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I think you'll find if you were at a shop Mm. and you just purchased something. Yeah. Look at the receipt for the time. You could sort of get an idea of what the time was, right. So yeah. I, I was like, that's quite a good idea. If you didn't yeah, have a not. watch on you, just mm. purchase something. Or, or even if you sort of went, do you know what? Well, I don't know what time it is, but I, I bought those shoes a week ago and it was around about this time. Yeah. Look at the receipt. There you go. Vaguely. Those receipts that's, so how they used to, that's how they used to do it in the olden days. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The receipts, but well before clocks, people relied on receipts. Mm. <laughs> they did, yeah. There's so much information on the receipt. I, you know, I struggle to find the date on them half the time. But uh, you but know, yeah. you know, you know the way people used to say, uh, "Oh, I hate it when there's a new year because when I have to write out a check or whatever for write the date down, I I still have the." If I write down the date, I genuinely start with 19-9-something. I, I have wiped out 20-odd wow. years from my memory. <laughs> that's, that's a lot for you. It's like, it is a lot for me, Samantha. Thank you for the, the sympathy. I, I, I can't understand if I, if I think it's the 90s or I want it to be the 90s. Yeah, that isn't, yeah. It's a lot of years. I'm sorry for your loss of like, 20 plus years. I wasn't doing anything. Okay. I think like one of those cultural things where you just think, well, I've seen enough years now, so I don't really need. It's a bit like me with uh, who you cares know, what year it is with sitcoms or music. It's like yeah, I've got my favourites now. Uh, I'm, I don't need any new stuff, bang. Yeah. Brilliantly, I love I love how small-minded I am, but you know, it does yeah. happen. Anyway, prove prove it's 2022. <laughs> prove it. Have you ever done that thing just where look you look at? Where you look at a receipt and it says the name of the cashier and you're like, yeah. Sandra, she didn't look like a Sandra. I wouldn't pay. In that instance, <laughs> I absolutely just wouldn't pay. It's like that is definitely trade. There's some kind of trading standards thing going on I, there. I I insist that uh, viewers keep that in mind next time they buy something. Look at the name immediately and go, yeah. the fuck is this? You're not a Sandra. Put your real name down there. And sometimes sometimes they log into each other's because when I used to work in a shop, sometimes you're actually logged into someone else's, you know, cash till login. And then people would be like, she didn't look like a Barry. It's because I wasn't Barry. Mm. I was illegally operating under Barry's name. It's a shame. So, uh, Samantha, you had a late entry, which I just realised if I don't scroll through now, I might end up forgetting it. Cats, it's cats, it's cats. Of course, keeping with the cuddle theme. Um, again, I have so many. I like tweets that make me laugh at first, and then I have so many questions. So this is um, by Natasha, and it says, "Alas, that it had to come to this." And there is a photo of a poster on the wall of a library that says in capitals, "Please do not let this cat into the library." And there's a picture of a black-looking angry cat with a red circle and a line over his face. And underneath it says, warning, he bites. 
And then in small print, it says he is called Simpkin and belongs at Hartford. And initially, funny, they first sign up not to let a cat into a library. Then you're like, what's the cat done? Why? What's he do? I mean, warning, he bites. Yeah, but he can't just be biting random people in a library. Like, how, why does he keep going into the library? Is there food in there? Like, maybe his owner's in there just having a read. Is he trying to steal books? Because they're cutting down on that now at libraries, aren't they? You can't just take a book home oh, and find God, it. Honestly, they will not let cats steal books any anymore, not in the library. <laughs> Won't. Bloody no. stories. Dogs, fine. No cats. Yeah, sure. Do you know what? I once um, went to a polling uh, station with my dog. And I just couldn't be arsed. I was too lazy to go home, leave her off, and then go and vote. So I went to the polling station, in my head, knowing fully what... There's no way they're going to let dogs in. Of course they won't. But I thought, if I walk confidently towards the polling station, they might not say anything. So I just walked really confidently past the woman who was at the door of the polling station. She went, excuse me, uh, we don't like dogs in here. But I kept on walking, and I just said... It's not a dog, and no one, no one questioned it. No one like said a thing the after I said it's not a dog. I thought you were going to say that you let him off the lead to say he could vote, and you no. like have your vote by proxy. But Honestly, you would not let her vote. Trust me, she had some serious views that I would <laughs> not be happy with. Dogs at polling stations is a thing. Yeah, right. Yeah, but they're always outside. Yeah, they are. Because there's there's signs like this for all of those dogs. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Do not let. There's one for you at your polling station now for you Please and that do dog. Not let this dog into the polling station. She will vote. <laughs> it is weird this poster. I mean, the bit. It's almost like the afterthought. Warning: He bites as if they're just like, right. Let's just do some fake news on this cat. Let's just make anything yeah, up. Yeah, I don't believe that Simkin bites. Like, I don't know what's going That's on there, bite. but. Also, they know all this information that he's called Simpkin and he belongs at Hartford. It's like they've been, they've obviously been like... uh, But where in Hartford? Like, in a house? Like, Hartford's a wide area. Also, who... Reading doesn't make anyone angry enough to bite. I don't believe this. I don't think you've looked at Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, there's no Twitter in the library. It's just lovely, lovely books. There was a Dan, there's a Dan Brown joke in there somewhere, I think. But yeah, yeah. Um, we, we, we're going to just about do this. Right, Michael, your last tweet. I saved it to last. I don't know why. I think this probably needs a whole other, this needs a whole other show. It's a tweet from Rua, Rua Ward. Yeah. Um, you, you wanted me to choose five tweets to come out this week. Um, well, as you can see, this is a 10-year-old tweet. Oh, do you know what? I'm glad you told me that. She's 10 years old. <laughs> And here's the thing. I think about this tweet, I'd say, minimum of once a week. Uh, because any time that I text something funny to a friend, I always think, well, that's that gone then. Because now yeah, I can't possibly tweet. And I used to. I used to be... the. Po- Let me read out the tweet. It's from The Lovely Reward. And he says, comedians text to each other... Uh, comedians text each other sometimes end up as tweets. We're that brilliant. And I, I when he first tweeted that, I uh, my my laugh was simply out of shame. 
out of deep, deep, wet, dark shame. And uh, and I've, I've done it. Like I've texted a friend. Te- imagine texting a friend something and then two minutes later putting it on Twitter. What sort of low-life scum are you when you actually put a value on the conversation, a monetary value, because Twitter is money in our heads, so it's a monetary value on a conversation we're having with our friend. What Rue has done here is very cleverly pointed me out as a charlatan and a whore. A well, whore! <laughs> we were going to do that by the end of the show, so that's succeeded. That's Sorry, Samantha, what were you going to say? Uh, it, well, it's reusing content, isn't it? I think as as comedians yeah. or like people who say things for a living, you're like, everything I say could be used in the future to earn me money. So our poor friends, you know, I, I've quite often like seen a comedian tweet a joke and, and I'm like, they tried that on me the other day yeah. and tried to work it into a conversation and now they're saying it as a tweet. So, um, and, and you get to know, once you become a comedian, you have comedian friends, you get to know when someone's trying their jokes out on you, but trying to work it into conversation. And now I just call it out. Um, yeah. and, and I hope that anyone would call me out on it as well. But, you know, we've got to use our life and just reproduce that content. Like I got divorced and I used the grief of my divorce mm-hmm. to, uh, create a podcast around it. I've monetized my grief and, and yeah. shame. And that's that's a clear example of reusing uh, or remolding content, and I love it. I do. Is there a, is I, there a I don't think it's removed the guilt from me. There's, there needs to be a hashtag for comedians using their jokes in. If you're calling them out, we need to have some kind of hashtag for yeah. for that conversational previous text. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Brilliant. Listen, we've, we've come to the end. It's been amazing. It has gone by incredibly quickly. Uh, to believe me, Michael, if you had my life, this would be the definition of amazing. <laughs> you <laughs> better, you <laughs> better tweet that. Do not, yeah, think, do not think I don't have your life. I've got your life. <laughs> yeah, that is, that's slightly sinister note to end on. Have you got the cats one as well? You, you already knew. You already knew, didn't you? In my um, life, it's been fine. Yeah, that's good. Fine, we'll take time. We'll put that on the uh, quotes board uh, for when we when we go live. Uh, actually, I'll mention our live. I will mention our live foray in a moment. But first of all, I want you two guys to plug, uh, if you so wish to, anything that you are up to soon. Whether that's live appearances, books, um, you name it. Go go ahead. Who wants to go first? Michael. It's my book. What? Oh, look at the lovely Doctor Who. Artwork on that. I mean, it's beautiful. It's my book, Strawberries and Pigs. You can buy it at gofasterstripe.com or it's just gone up on Bandcamp if you want. I can't sign the ones that go from Go Fast Strike, but I can. People have asked me to sign copies, but what they really mean is, can you call my nana cunt? So if you want me to call your nana cunt, <laughs> I'm not happy about it, but if that's what you want. I hope this is paid for. I do work. it by yeah. my band no, well, it camp account. Yeah. I mean, I'd buy that just for the graphic design, quite honestly. Thank you, mate. Yeah. Thank you. I, I do believe that. I might have to make a note of that. Sam, what are you up to? I have two books oh. out, and I will not write anything horrible about your nan in it, even if you ask me. Sorry, yeah. no. Uh, one is called Harriet versus the Galaxy, and the other one is called The Night the Moon Went Out, and they are available at all good bookshops. 
um, and they have deaf protagonists, like I mentioned, and they're for children between the ages of six and twelve because they're shorter. And I can <laughs> for write the children in the jokes. books. Um, both yeah and um i have a podcast called the divorce social where i've monetized my grief and shame and i i mean not highly monetized podcast so you know not making millions but well i'll take the few pence i earn um and you can currently catch me acting in things all over the streaming platforms um yes Fantastic stuff. I've just had a quick, little quick flash of both your Twitter feeds there, which actually the handles which have been scrolling above us on a ticker uh, throughout the show so people know where to go to follow yes, you. Yes, follow us. Follow, follow us them. on social media. Follow them. Uh, yeah, and absolutely follow us too, please, uh, at LKT Zoom. That would be fantastic. Uh, very grateful for you watching for the various streams that uh, you've been watching tonight. You can catch the show. Uh, the stream of the show will be available on YouTube, of course please do give us a subscribe there. Uh, it will also be available as a podcast, uh, should be by tomorrow, hopefully, and we'll be doing some clips too. And then next week, uh, we have a show with, uh, Sajila will be back with me, and Darren Walsh, pun meister, another pun meister, I should say, because uh, we have one in the Zoom room, hello, Sam. Uh, <laughs> pun meister, Darren Walsh will be joining us with uh, another guest to be confirmed. And also, we will be live in real life at the Bill Murray on February the 6th, which is Sunday the February 6th, between 4.30 and 6.30. That's double bill with comics solving problems, who are Eric McElroy and Steve N. Allen. So please do come along to that. Uh, I need to be plugging away at that. Um, so, yeah, it's been really fun tonight. Um, all that remains is for us in unison. Uh, also, please stay uh, in the Zoom room, guys, so I can say proper goodbye. But all that remains is just for us to wave goodbye to our streamers and wish them good night. Thanks a good lot, guys. Good night. Good night. We hope you enjoyed listening to the show. Please do check out the other podcasts in the series. If you go to our website, www.letskilltwitter.com, you'll find all our previous shows listed and you can find links to the YouTube versions as well as audio files. If you'd like to support our work, you can do via buymeacoffee.com. If you go to their website, you'll find a Let's Kill Twitter page set up for donations. But anything you can do is much appreciated. A like, a follow, a recommendation to a friend, it all counts. Once again, thanks for listening. We hope to be in your ears again very soon.